2: $25 each.
1: Visit concert concertweek to buy
0: now. That's concert concertweek to buy now. When you think about the
1: future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all.
2: Join Graham Class as he hosts season two of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming
1: Connect the stories. Change
0: your perspective. Connecting changes everything. ATT.
2: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio.
1: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
2: My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined as always with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. It is the top of the week, which means it is time for some strange news. Before we begin today, uh, I'd like to extend a hearty congratulations to the people of Iceland. Uh, who have officially concluded uh, some some great results from their recent experimentation with the four day work week. It's mm-hmm. something a lot of people talk about. Uh, it's something that I think a lot of people who have a five day work week are big fans of personally. Uh, so if you were in Iceland, uh, let us know. Tell us how it's going. Kudos to you. You might be listening to this on your extra day off. Way to make socialism work. Best right. case
1: scenario is they're listening to it while they're at work for one of those days.
2: <laughs> there we go, and it's it's funny because uh, for people outside of the U.S., uh, one of the only times that the average um, U.S. employee is going to get a an abbreviated week is going to be. Due to a holiday like recently the u.s uh observed july 4th which is the celebration of the country's independence from the british and that meant that we all got a monday off well off the four of us right
0: right 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 yeah it's also uh uh, it's fourth of july aka amateur hour is, is what i like to refer to it as people just don't know how to act Ben and (laughs) Matt, specifically in San Diego, apparently. There were all – in California in general, you know how flammable things are there. Just all kinds of horror stories about people being very irresponsible with fireworks. And apparently in the San Diego uh, fireworks display, some error led to all of them going off at once, what was supposed Mm. to be like a 30 to 40-minute display. They all just blasted at once, which is probably pretty cool. But then also it's kind of like,
2: okay, that
0: was was a little quick, but also kind of scary if you were nearby, I
2: imagine. Yeah, and it gives authoritarians – Yet another chance to say, see what happens when you have a little bit of freedom. So, this is, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's part of the reason why I don't particularly care for the phrase slippery slope. When you're using it in a figurative sense, every slope is slippery. It's joke. like, it's like saying ATM machine or VIN number to imply otherwise. But uh, at this point, we cannot wait to share with you some of the strange stories we encountered. Uh, when last we spoke, fellow conspiracy realist, we're diving into the world of psychedelics. We're diving into the world of fraud. Uh, and we are diving into the troubling future of your dreams. Matt, can you tell by my intonation? I'm kind of, mm-hmm. oh, of spotlighting you.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, totally. And I'm just thinking about last week. And just as an update for everyone, birds still are not real. Uh, at least according to that group. Okay, so... Thank you for that, man. (laughs) Of course. We've gotten quite a few messages about that. But yes, Ben, we are heading into the world of dreams. And not just the cool ones, the lucid ones where you do whatever you want. Uh, The dreams where advertisements play on a loop, nonstop, for the rest of your dreams <laughs> this, this
0: instantly makes me think of that black mirror episode twenty million merits I think is what it's called where you have to like pay tokens essentially to shut off the advertisements right. not that happen in your dreams that just happen in your waking life but you you can't look away and if you close your eyes it like you know honks at you and forces you to look and finish the ad unless you pay uh, to have it suspended i'm'm I'm, I'm sorry that's interrupt but that's I'm getting serious
2: black mirror vibes here Matt. Um, I'm excited about this one too, Matt, because I think we were both reading about it fairly in depth. It it clocked. Sometimes it feels like we share the same strange radar because this is something, this kind of science before it's like we're seeing the early stages of commercializing it, but this kind of science I'm sure we'll talk about uh, has been a, a goal of a lot of research institutions, uh, government and private, for some time. It's just kind of like the story with cloud seeding. Uh, It's not yet as sophisticated or as targeted as Mm. people would like it to be. But that that may change pretty soon, huh?
1: Yes. And we are not in Black Mirror territory as of this moment. But what we're going to discuss is a slope... Which is inherently slippery. There it is. (laughs) Just by its very nature. Okay. So um, we're going to begin with a story here out of The Guardian titled Nightmare Scenario. Scenario, if you're nasty, (laughs) Jesus. Oh, keep it. Alarm as advertisers seek to plug into our dreams. And here are just the first few paragraphs. When brewing giant Coors launched a new advertising campaign earlier this year, the format came as a surprise to many. The company was planning to infiltrate people's dreams to get them to buy and presumably drink Coors beer. By the way, pulling myself out of the article here, I am a fan of Coors. It really, it really does go down easy when it comes to yeah. drinkable beers.
2: <laughs> Coors is one of those beers that you know it gets a hard time uh, by some folks who might consider themselves cicerones, which is the beer equivalent of a small for wine. Hmm. Uh, it's <laughs> I didn't a true know that story. word, Ben. Yeah, oh. yeah, but it's, uh, it's. I feel like if you're paying and you're being responsible, then drink what you want. But this kind of this kind of approach seems unusual for uh, a beer that many people do not consider top tier. You know, they consider it like a barbecue kick, kick back in the backyard kind of beer.
1: Yes. If you travel to New Jersey and hang out with my in-laws, Coors is the beer of choice. And I wonder how much of that has to do with their advertising campaigns when I. Just instinctively, when I think about Coors, I think about that can with the mountains, the Rocky Mountains. Is it it's, tap it's the so,
0: Rockies? Isn't that their official slogan it, I, or what I don't has know. been in the past?
1: All I, all I know is what I what the images that are conjured up when I think about Coors ah, are very I get cold, what you're very refreshing, like just from their already regular old advertising campaigns, right? Sure. But if we jump to what they're trying to do now, I'm going to go back to that article. It says Coors encouraged people to watch a short online video before going to sleep, and then play an eight-hour soundscape through the night. So while they're sleeping, and if successful, this quote targeted dream incubation would trigger refreshing dreams of Coors, according to the company.
3: Hmm.
2: And okay, this, <laughs> yeah. Well, well. First things first. This this is something. That can be real science.
1: Yes, I'm this phrasing can be. that very diplomatically. <laughs> it can certainly be it, real science. It's
0: definitely weird science. Uh, is this say, <laughs> this is like like implanting subliminal messages in your mind that carry over into your dreams and sort of influence these images that you see?
1: Kind but in this case, it's not subliminal per se, because in that in that scenario. You're generally being presented with something subliminally that you have no idea that it's occurring. You're signing up for this. Yeah, this is this is something you choose to do. So, um, in in this campaign, cores could not make you do this. You had to voluntarily watch a video, then listen to this eight-hour soundscape, as they call it. Um, It's it's really interesting stuff, and they did this in January of this year alongside the Super Bowl, rather than you know, paying for this giant commercial, which they couldn't do because this other beer company kinda has the lock on uh Super Bowl beer commercials. You talking natty ice? No, uh, yeah, it's probably Natty Ice, yeah. <laughs> is the one with the horses? It's the one with the horses, right? Paps blue ribbon, yes. Oh, uh and Hey that's an award winning beer, you guys. <laughs> um Sorry, sorry for everybody who doesn't drink beer or is too young
2: to. Sorry. Oh, they're all enjoying <laughs> it. Beer is such a silly concept. to begin It is, with. Uh, <laughs> but but I, like the, you know, the names, the histories—that's a whole other show itself. But what you're what you're talking about is uh, kind of leveraging those those pre-existing associations, right? Like mm-hmm. the sensation of uh, hot or cold, right? The uh, the taste. Which you know, some people enjoy, some people hate. Uh, probably the smell, right? There, there, there are a lot of ways this could go. So, mm-hmm. Matt, yeah. do we
0: have access to this soundscape for clip purposes, or is this like a you only got it if you signed up for the pilot kind of program? I test? haven't
1: been able to find the raw files. I'm sure they exist somewhere online. I was unable to find them. I could, you can't find the original link that was shared when this campaign was happening in January 2021 but you can it'll it'll just take you to the cores what is it the Molson Coors website and yeah the Molson Coors website like will tell you about it and mm-hmm. they've got some videos of like how they did how they did this whole thing and parts of the video but i haven't been able to find that soundscape um let me know if you guys happen upon it somewhere
2: yeah, there's, I was looking for to there's um yeah, I'm I'm probably going to keep digging after after we record today because I'm I'm very much interested in this sort of science but also you know in an advertising way this is a bit of asymmetrical warfare isn't it if the if the beer that historically gets those Super Bowl place those Super Bowl spots if they could be considered like the US or something then this is this is the equivalent of saying, "Why build an aircraft carrier when we can build something that blows up an aircraft carrier much less expensively?"
0: But, but Matt, much. this is not uh, occurring without pushback from experts, isn't it? Yeah, right?
1: there is an open letter that you can read by Robert Strickgold, Antonio Zadra, and A.J.H. Har H.A.A.R. Uh, you can find this. Just search for advertising in dreams is coming now. What you'll be able to find that I found it on, like, I think some public just a public server somewhere that had this. And in here, you are seeing pushback from a lot of different groups and people just saying, Hey, uh, maybe we shouldn't advertise to people while they're sleeping. And they call this thing a massive slope because. Coors isn't the first group or company to try this stuff. When Xbox X series was coming out, they tried to do the same thing. They actually ran a market, and again, it's associated with marketing campaigns. It's like a marketing campaign. It's like Matryoshka dolls of marketing, where like <laughs> it's marketing inside a marketing campaign where they were boasting they could get gamers to dream in Xbox games, essentially, or to dream of Xbox games. So they, you can find this, by the way, if you head on over to, I found it on thedrum.com, but there are a couple other places you can find this. Uh, it's a marketing campaign made with the McCann World Group company. They got a bunch of gamers, attached these really interesting-looking devices to their foreheads, had them play the new Xbox X series for like a long time, then had them go to sleep with this thing attached and they would communicate with the gamer as they were sleeping. So like right as they got into REM sleep, mm-hmm. they would pull them out by saying, oh, tell me about what you're seeing, what you're dreaming about right now. They oh, would yeah. describe it
2: Like um, Dolly with the spoon, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, one One of the people was dreaming about using a power called stasis that's featured in one of the De- I think it's destiny Two has this power called stasis. And he was like running away from monsters and then realized that he could use stasis and helped to He and his friends escape. Another person was imagining master chief DJing at a <laughs> club. It was just, uh, I mean, it's interesting stuff. It becomes this like big, um, marketing campaign for Xbox and how great it is and how much the gamers love it. The people who were played this new system, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a really interesting point that's made in the, the open letter that you described, Matt. Um, I'll just read part of it. It says, Our dreams cannot become just another playground for corporate advertisers. Regardless of Coors' intent, their actions set the stage for a corporate assault of our very sense of who we are. And it's not difficult to imagine Coors ad campaign negatively impacting abstinent alcoholics. And they go on to talk about how people that dream about a drug or something that they once struggled with addiction of uh, are much more likely to have cravings. Uh, and then it could be a very, um, again, slope keeps coming up, but it, it is, uh, especially for things like alcohol or, or uh, sure. cigarettes
2: or underage drinking. That's another thing that is that's a huge problem with the technology or, you know, not specifically the technology, but the um, application of this technology. Yeah. Like if they were just saying if they, if they were just doing something like. This is a public campaign to get in your dreams about the importance of using turn signals and taking shopping carts back to the place where you're supposed to drop the shopping cart off. <laughs> Don't be a monster. That's something mm-hmm. everyone could get behind, right? But yeah. this is, this, yeah, this could be problematic for some people. Folks in recovery, and it doesn't just have to be alcohol. Folks in general in recovery from some su- substance abuse. Mm-hmm. Still, forward the future, Matt. Yeah, well,
1: right, because... I would love it if I could play Cyberpunk in my dreams, right? God, I would love that. That would be so much fun. All the glitches would be gone. Everything, the frame rate would be perfect. You and I still now. get to do the fun <laughs> Um, But um, look up Burger King, Nightmare King. That was another situation where a company was trying to use dreaming about a product to their benefit through a marketing campaign. Um, last thing. One of the big scary parts of this is the fact that a lot of us have those little spies that we keep in our houses, you know, not just the ones in our, our pockets with our phones. Oh, but, children. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those two. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> Currently not accessible by most marketing <laughs> companies to say things at will. But the, you know, your Google Homes and your Alexas and all that, there is a future potential where a company could trick you into signing up for something where certain things play while you're sleeping, because so many people are wearing those watches that monitor our sleep. Even mm-hmm. our phones sometimes can do that. Uh, if, if you're, if your network knows you're asleep and you're going through REM sleep, something could be triggered to play on one of your devices where you're getting subliminal or, non-subliminal advertising mm. while you're sleeping in
0: the future. It would require an opt-in, but it could be one of those things that, like, maybe you don't even know that you have to, and, yeah, it really requires an opt-out.
1: <laughs> or if you if you sign up for the service, you're going to get a certain discount. Exactly. Or, right? I mean, that's, that's how, how you, it'll it all happen. Mm-hmm. That's generally the way I'm thinking about this. Anyway, you can look all of this stuff up right now. Check it out. That Guardian article one more time is titled Nightmare Scenario, Alarm as Advertisers Seek to Plug into Our Dreams. Look it up, read about it, and uh, prepare your dreams for these advertisers. oh There it is.
5: now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ends. Time for you to start paying some bills.
2: And we've returned. Matt, I want to go back to uh, this, this earlier conversation we just had before the break. I strongly believe this should be a full episode. So let's, let's, uh, let's see what you have to say about it, fellow conspiracy realist. In the meantime, while we're waiting for that episode, I uh, thought I would come in with some intriguing good news. It's also uh, it's also a story that takes place in one of the most enigmatic environments known to this species, the human mind. We know about as much of the about the human mind as we do about things like the bottom of the ocean, which is to say, not very much at all. like so so very little that you should be worried by that fact because the stuff the species has figured out has generally been used to manipulate groups of people rather than to better. Uh, the, the quality of life for humanity or the quality of life for non-humans on this planet. Uh, so here's some good news about the brain. Uh, psychedelic mushrooms. You know, fellow conspiracy realists, if you're a long-time listener, you know we love talking about this stuff. We love talking about the edges of inner and outer space, and psychedelics can take you on those journeys. Uh, they're not to be played with recreationally. This is, of course... I'm sure legal requires me to say this is not stuff they don't want you to know saying, oh, go do mushrooms. They're cool as They are very cool, but we're not legally telling you to do them. Though
0: if someone pulled a clip of what you just said out of context. God help you. No, it's true. Uh, And there's we're living in an interesting age, too. Right, Ben, where there's tons of new research. We're always finding out new things and new properties of these substances that lend themselves to uh, some positive things, whether it be in mental health or dare we say even like some weird form of evolution.
2: That's you know, we've talked about this a little bit in the past. Uh, especially the idea that there may be some role psychedelics played in the, um, the rise of what, what became religion, right? The precedence for that abstract sort of belief system. But the research, the research into the hazards and the potential advantages of psychedelic use has been stymied for generations in in the recent era because they were associated with hard drugs, things like crack cocaine, heroin, powerful opioids. But now that we're reaching a new era of research for psychedelics, the species is learning some fascinating things. And a lot of this research uh, comes about due to tragic situations, due to uh, PTSD survivors from recent conflicts. And they're trying to say, you know, what? What can we do to alleviate these these conditions that are are preventing us from living our lives to the fullest extent? And research shows that's where so-called magic mushrooms can, can play a role. Here's why this is news. A recent study found that psychedelics, psilocybin specifically, doesn't just Help address feelings of, um, you know, mental illness or feelings of anxiety, PTSD, depression, so on. They found that it actually physically changes the structure of the mammalian brain. Uh, in a very recent study that was published, uh, July 5th, 2021, researchers found that dosing mice specifically can create what they call neural adaptations. A single dose of psilocybin leads to a 10% increase in both the size and density of what are called dendritic spines. And we'd need a whole episode to get into the nuts and bolts of this, but the important part is that, first, it's physically changing the brain. It's helping the brain recover in ways that are scientifically unprecedented for this kind of application. This means, and again, this is not a recommendation, your mileage may vary, this means that if hypothetically, you ingested these substances, they could heal damaged brain cells in people suffering from depression. The second thing is that this is a lasting solution. Uh, The study, which is again published in Neuron, finds that this, what they call structural remodeling, occurs within 24 hours, so it happens very quickly after you take a dose of a hallucinogen, and then when the researchers went back and checked on their test subjects a month later, they found those changes remained the same. This came from researchers in California, but it's quite possibly leading a revolution In this era of research, you know, it turns out that maybe those, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs ads, you know, with the egg and the frying pan, it turns out that maybe they were onto something, but in some cases, it might be a good thing. This is stimulating the growth of new branches and connections between brain cells. That means it might not just help address things like chronic depression, which is incredibly dangerous, but it could help ameliorate the symptoms of addiction so people have suspected this for a while but have have you guys ever have you guys heard of research like this I I was surprised I thought maybe it was just a pop-sci headline but it's legit I I haven't and I I honestly never even really associated
0: the idea of things like depression or anxiety as being because of brain damage, exactly. I don't know, that's not exactly what's being said, but I think that's in and of itself is a fascinating takeaway to consider, how little we do know about about the brain and how magical these uh, things are, for lack of a better term. I mean, that's what they're called for a reason because they definitely do things that nothing else can, and I'm interested to see where this goes, Ben.
1: I'll give you my unscientific remembrance of how this has been talked about with me in the past, just in in conversation. Mm-hmm. I believe the concept was... When someone is maybe stuck in a rut mentally, when it comes to anything, uh, specifically if you're in, um, if you're feeling depressed, and maybe there's a there's a track that kind of never stops playing in your mind, that sure. like mm-hmm. you're just kind of stuck in that one place. If this substance really can, um, as you said, enhance those neuroreceptors, change them a bit, and allow you to break some of the calcification that's going on there even though the calcium is not involved. Sure. Uh <laughs> metaphorically. I, I that's the way it's been spoken to me like it'll help you rewire your brain. But it was always in an abstract kind of way, not in at least from what I remember reading, never shown to actually physically change those uh, those yeah. things. Yeah,
2: right? let me let me add like so this is this is something that will be of interest I think to to a lot of us listening along at home in your job, or in Iceland, on your day off, congratulations again. Uh, Yeah, depression can, types of depression can affect your brain physically in detrimental ways. According to uh, the lead researcher of this latest study, uh, Dr. David Olson, he says, quote, one of the hallmarks of depression is that the neurites in the prefrontal cortex, a key brain region that regulates emotion, mood, and anxiety, these those neurites tend to shrivel up because, uh, you know, the brain functions in many ways, like a muscle. And then, you know, you can see some of these changes in cases of addiction, PTSD, and so on. So it's astonishing to realize. We talked about this a little bit in an episode we did a long time ago, Mind Over Matter, right? Like the, um, you know, you see the studies of certain monks, uh, or a holy holy ascetics, right? And they, they have meditated so long that the parts of their brain that are associated with empathy and compassion are physically larger and denser than those of the average person. And if that sounds like too much of a woo-woo explanation, folks, then consider also the famous black cab drivers of the United Kingdom. They have to take this monstrous test called the knowledge. And it, it, it teaches them how to, Basically, they memorize London in various what-if scenarios, and they can't they can't use a GPS or anything. And after those folks have been driving for a number of years, the parts of their brain, I believe the hippocampus and a couple of other spots, the part associated with memory and spatial reasoning is also physically larger. Your thoughts shape the organ that, well, your brain calls itself, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, and so with this in mind, you know, we have to wonder, are we in the modern world, uh, like how much does the, the stigma of this sort of experimentation, how, how much good does it actually do, right? As we record, the majority of psychedelic substances uh, that people commonly associate with the phrase psychedelic, they're illegal in the U.S. If you are someone suffering from depression or PTSD, or maybe say you're a veteran or you've survived some horrific experience or trauma, and then you get busted by the police, and you've been doing LSD, or magic mushrooms, you're in possession of of something like that, then odds are the authorities are not going to say, hey, you know, I read a pretty good article in Cell earlier that said this might be a great way to help you get you back on the track to mental wellness. Apologies, sir, please. Enjoy your rave. Man, no. Keep
1: keep increasing the density of those dendrites. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. They won't because it's a, you know, like, because in the eyes of the law, you are committing a crime. Um, and, you know, of course, the legislation always lags behind the technology. But I know, guys, we've got a lot of people in the audience today who have probably had a similar experience. And it's one that, you know, maybe felt like it was relegated to the realm of anecdote forever but now science is backing you up if you've had an experience like this i think that's i think that's profound um i also don't think it's the same thing as saying hey everybody if you're ever feeling a little bit down go trip that's terrible advice uh scene and setting play a huge role in this um the the study uh, i found is well worth the, the read, if you have the time, it is a little bit dry because it's, you know, it, it, it is an academic journal, uh, but the revelations are fascinating and worthwhile. Note, of course, important caveat this was done on mice. Mm. So there, there hasn't been an experiment of this sort replicated on human beings or other animals, but it would be interesting, uh, especially, you know, I'm just spitballing here, especially if we give it to some octopuses maybe some corvids. Nope. See what happens. You well, know, well, like, the octopus certainly enjoy doing MDMA. There was a, there was an observation on that. You heard about that, right? I did not. No, Noel, did you hear about that one? No, no, I haven't yet. No. Extopuses. Oh God. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll keep it close here because we're gonna, we're gonna wrap, but I do want everybody to, uh, Check this out, this is a legit story too. You can find it in outlets like NPR and so on. There was a study that gave octopuses ecstasy, and ecstasy in human beings is known for encouraging like cuddly, warm feelings, and people feel extra lovey-dovey, etc., etc. Everything's gonna be okay. Uh, they found that when you give this to an octopus, a creature that's almost completely antisocial for most of its life, except when it's mating, uh w- what they found is that they do a 180. They do an emotional and social, emotion or social, uh 180. They want to hang out with other octopuses. They even like hug them, you know, just like they're both in their hallucinogenic cups at a party. And this is profound because up until this discovery, scientists who had to uh who studied octopuses usually had to put them in separate separate housing, right? Separate Mm -hmm. aquariums or whatever, so that they wouldn't kill or eat each other. So they went from like a Mad Max Highlander, there can only be one cannibalism situation, to being like, oh my God, the colors, right? (laughs) And they can communicate through chromatophores. I don't know. It's a brave new world.
1: So what happened when they played the octopuses MGMT? Like how did they react to that?
2: <laughs> uh that that is an excellent question, Matt. I believe the research is still out, though it does appear. Don't quote me on this. I'll I'll dig into it. But there is some I wanna say there was compelling research about Octopus's musical preference. But I can't hmm. remember what that is. I can't remember what that is. So it's I mean it's probably be the electric feel. Uh, that's probably what it is. It probably is. Uh, but I wanted to give like this is some good news forward with the future. Uh, the scientists who are working around the clock are often doing thankless jobs, but they're doing important work. Would love to hear your experiences with psychedelic mushrooms. Does this news in particular surprise you? Were you expecting experts to say that this stuff is literally healing your brain on a physical level? Let us know, one 833 You can also email us, conspiracy at iheartradio.com. We're going to pause for a word from our sponsor who may already be in your dreams, and will return with more strange news.
5: Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills.
0: and we're back with today's last strange news segment I think we've got this in the works, but we've briefly talked about, you know, on Strange News, uh, the situation with John McAfee, um, the uh, impresario of uh, antiviral software that went on to become something of a globe-trotting, you know, sex freak, uh, among gun toter, um, just all-around odd guy, um, very problematic, some very troubling allegations about this gentleman and his life, one of which uh, that happened right before he allegedly committed suicide was that he was doing something called pump and dump um, where he would take to social media and Twitter um, and I think that was his platform of choice and um, attempt to inflate the value of certain crypto coins that are referred to as altcoins, meaning that they're not the mainstream big dogs of the crypto sphere, being uh, things like Ether, Bitcoin, Binance coin, some more kind of tried and true Coins that that have backing behind them, not only in terms of the volume, but also in terms of like the code behind them, the use of them for purposes beyond just kind of having a clever name and a, and a logo associated it with it. And so now, things altcoins would be things like Dogecoin uh, that obviously did get some life when when folks like Elon Musk kind of made it their pet project. That's the issue with crypto is that it is very volatile and it can be very subject to the whims. Of influencers. Um, so today we're talking about a new scandal involving some esports influencers. Uh, a group that I'd never heard of, but I'm sure that, you know, either listeners out there and possibly your kids, uh, will have heard of, uh, a, a Los Angeles based esports group or organization called Phase Clan. Um, essentially it's like a group of, I think it's almost exclusively men. I only know a handful of them, uh, the members, um, who are involved in today's story, but they, you know, play things like Fortnite competitively and they all each individually are big YouTubers with, you know, millions of followers on Twitter and of course YouTube. Um, Several members of Faze, they all have names too, like sort of like how Wu Tang Clan members all have like kind of names that are like sort of related. Each of the members of the Phase Clan, uh, their names begin with the word Phase, and it's spelled F A Z E. Um, so, several members of Phase Clan, we've got Phase K, Phase uh, Jarvis, Phase Nikon, and Phase Tico T E E Q O, uh, are all allegedly involved in a. Very egregious pump and dump scam involving an altcoin with the uh, name kids, KIDS. And why do you think that is? Well, (laughs) supposedly this coin called long form save the kids uh, is a charity coin. Token rather. And this is not like the kind of coin that you buy on like a a regular crypto exchange. This is what is called a DeFi project, which stands for decentralized finance. So it's essentially these projects that DeFi is, I mean, forgive me if I'm oversimplifying for any crypto people out there, but DeFi is essentially a, a, a way of creating investment opportunities and projects that you know have some of the same types of mechanisms as traditional banking or you know financial exchanges do but it's completely decentralized and peer to peer um for the you know for, to my understanding that's that's what it means um there are tons of them and honestly uh i've i've invested in a few very small ones and I actually had an experience where i realized how scary and uh, volatile these can be but there you have to be part of a Something called um, it's a it's a very specific type of uh, chain uh, that uses um, what's called Web 3.0, I believe. Like so, essentially, it's a browser extension that allows you to link a crypto wallet to these exchanges, um, and then you're able to you know unlock various wallets and various. They're called pools, where you take cryptocurrency, for example, this one took place on what's called the Binance Smart Chain, which uses Binance Coin, which is one of those, you know, kind of more tried and true ones. You can either invest the coin, convert your Binance Coin to whatever token is in question, like this one is called Kids. There's other ones, any name you can imagine, like Gunk probably exists as, as a DeFi token. You can stake in just like convert it to that and then stake it in these pools, or you can Basically do what's called pairing, or you pair your uh, regular crypto to that token, and then they're sort of linked together. So when one fails, if, like, the token fails, you haven't lost everything. Um, it's very interesting and, and very complicated, but also uh, rife for fraud because when you go to any of these uh, DeFi pages, there's a message that comes up that says, this couldn't be fake, essentially, this could be absolute BS, proceed with caution. So you really have to know what you're putting your money into and who's behind it and what the code is and what the use of it is. And even then you could lose everything. So kids, this company or this organization, which no one still knows who exactly came up with this coin, but this organization called uh, Save the Kids, which is about the most cliche sounding, you know, uh, charity you could possibly imagine. Everybody wants to save the kids. Everyone wants the kids to be OK. Um, this token, uh, there's an advertising campaign behind it with all of these uh, these Phase Clan people you know, talking about how they think it's a very valid um, investment and it's something that they all personally are going to hold on to or hodl as the the crypto people say um but it turns out that most of them got their uh, or advanced um tokens which means they got it before the actual you know it opened up to to regular um people that are investing in it and dumped it uh one in particular one member uh phase K dumped almost 100% of his, like, million-plus tokens 24 hours after um, it was available to to the public. And the, re- the research behind the story um, that I looked into or that I found that I thought was the most fantastic and, and very, very, very good internet sleuthing was done by a YouTuber that goes by the moniker CoffeeZilla. I cannot recommend highly enough uh, to check out his report on this on his YouTube channel. But he... The thing that's interesting about crypto is you can trace, you know, wallets. It's all public information. So he was able to literally track down the wallets that all of these YouTubers used to uh, buy and flip these altcoins. And he was able to see a pattern in particular with uh, with phase K that he um, promoted the hell out of this coin uh, using hashtags, using all of the things. Um, and then immediately when it went live, dumped it all but four. Of these coins. He dumped them. It's almost like a, keeping a memento of your crime in a weird mm-hmm. way. Um, so that's essentially where it stands. Uh, the most interesting part, I think, and the biggest smoking gun that CoffeeZilla uncovered, because you can also look at the uh, providence or the chain of custody on the uh, the token itself. There's developers that that make these things, that build these things. They're pieces of code and there are like beta versions and like 1.0 and 2.0 versions. So he was able, using the BSC scan, which is like the the record for Binance smart chain um, transactions, he was able to trace the uh, versions of this. And initially, the people behind Save the Kids said, okay, this is a total safe bet because there's it, it's rug pull proof. Rug pulling is when someone who holds an exorbitant amount of a particular token, they're referred to as whales, dumps all of their coins, mm-hmm. um, usually very uh, strategically, to manipulate the price, you know, to their own benefit or a handful of these whales collude in order to do that. Um, And it's the kind of thing that, you know, as imperfect as it is, the SEC and, you know, the regulators of the stock exchange, there are measures in place to keep that from happening. Um, But the folks behind Save the Kids token – initially said there this is an unrug pullable we have anti-whale mechanisms in place which which prevent anyone from selling uh 0.5 percent in one transaction of their holdings right of this coin um but it turns out that the last minute the developer changed that uh oh yeah for 24 hours um changed that to one minute (laughs) Uh, essentially implying that they knew it was a scam in the first place. Um, And again, Coffeezilla reached out to a lot of the members of this group and to the actual guy that developed the the token and got some really fascinating, um, just really, really excellent uh, investigative journalism from, from this YouTuber. Um, And he got the guy to admit that he was told to do that, which implies that these influencers were kind of in on it from the start. Um, Can't say that, you know, Unequivocally, but that's certainly what it feels like. Um, yeah, and, and it's, I mean, it's essentially really highlighting how gross uh, this kind of influencer culture can be, um, how rife for manipulation and uh, taking advantage of followers of, of this of these you know influencers there can be. And um, how maybe there is need for a little more regulation? Again, I'm I'm fascinated by the whole world of crypto and the fact that it is kind of open ended. But mm-hmm. this seems to be a, a bridge too far, especially when charity is involved and you're dangling this like you know helping helping out underprivileged kids. Also, the the mission of the organization super vague, sure, so, yeah. just so vague. Like what? Okay, which organizations
2: is this going to? Which kids are you saving? Mm-hmm. It was very unclear. So well, it's it's interesting too because. Um, I think K Phase K, who is the one on the most extreme end of the spectrum, here, is the one who got kicked out of Phase Clan. Uh, he really took pains to try to distance himself from being associated with a pump and dump scheme, like you know, like you said at the top, that McAfee had been accused of. Uh, but this this is tough. Him to walk back because, uh, you know, one of his defenses is I love this space, my wallet's public, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but you can't. That doesn't address the timeline, right? Like the nope. it goes public, the the initial public offering happens, and then within moments, uh, they've gotten rid of all but four of these coins after, after arguably purposefully inflating their value. Right. So the question then becomes a little bit tougher to prove. Is it intention? You know what I mean? Are we to believe that someone genuinely said, hey, I'm just learning about a really new space. I think it's complicated, but I messed up and I didn't mean to screw anyone over. Is it plain dumb? That's the question, I think. Well,
0: w- with him, what uh, CoffeeZilla uncovered, you know, through again tracing the, again, these transactions are all public and he figured out whose wallet was whose. Um, the other members of Phase Clan, their behavior was much less egregious and, and showed much less nefarious intent. Because in general, um, this happens a lot where like an altcoin will pay like an influencer, say, to pump up their. To, to to promote this project, um, so if you don't really believe in it and you're just doing it to collect the free tokens, make no mistake, they're getting these for free. Sure, uh, initially as their payment. That's the only way they're going to cash in is if they like you know sell them right. Um, and and these projects can can turn on a dime,
3: guys. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy.
0: I, again, I've only done a couple, but I had one where. You know, it was trading at like a couple bucks. And the next day, because I was very a noob at this, next day I looked at it and it was less than a cent, you know. And thankfully, I was not in it much at all. But these these projects can really go south, um, especially if there isn't that anti-whale protection. And the fact that they advertised it as unrug pullable, total anti-whale, you know, uh, protections mm-hmm. in place. And then literally changed it right before going public to one minute time limit uh, for selling uh, so not even a, a percentage, apparently, you know, based on Phase K's behavior, as much of it as he wanted. Um, but some of the other members who were not kicked out of Phase Clan, who were just uh, suspended, suspended, three of them, right? You, you can look at their history, their transaction history, and they're much more likely to have been holding some of these projects. So it seems that in the past, they were more in it because they did believe in it, to your point, Ben. But it seems like Phase K's patterns were much more overall. He's in it for himself, and he's in it to to pump and
2: dump. Mm. And a mm-hmm. lot of these, it needs to be said that a lot of the um, members of Phase Clan and and a, and a ton of the followers are themselves quite young. You know what I mean? Exactly. And That's
0: why I said your kids. You know, I mean, this yeah. is the, This is something that I'm not. In on, really, and I asked my kid if she'd heard of them So she hadn't either, and she's pretty mm-hmm. into the Twitch stuff, but you're absolutely right, Ben, and um, there's a great article uh, that – these are – a lot of these uh, these dudes, by the way, are British. Faze um, mm-hmm. K absolutely is, and there's a really great article from esportsnews.co.uk that has a quote from – SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, um, who obviously is a proponent of regulating the crypto markets. And he said of this type of situation, uh, quote, I would like to see. No, we need tighter restrictions, penalties and disclaimers put in place to better protect young impressionable people out there that might take their favorite influencers words as gospel.
2: Yeah. and, And there's a larger there's a larger context here, I would argue, which is that. Phase Clan, you know, some people say they reached their height of relevance during the Call of Duty glory days. Sure, uh, and what I wish was more reported in some of these stories. I realize it's an ongoing event, and. Is the Ouroboros of uh, social media chatter, right? It consumes its tail eventually. But the bigger point here, at least in my opinion, I may be wrong, is that this is an example of something that many, many other groups or influencers could easily do, right? And some people yes. get a little bit of a blindness when they see – um, I don't know why I always thought the badge thing was silly, but some people get a little bit of blindness when they see someone they follow that maybe has like a blue check mark or what are the uh the authentication things and that person says, "Hey, you're a fan of mine. I really like this. I endorse that." You know what I mean? That people like this doesn't have to be restricted to the world of gaming clans. This could happen with someone who is a makeup maven. This could happen with someone who I I don't know what do what do people review. There's someone who like just does chicken sandwiches, and the chicken sandwich guy is like, chicken coin right
1: now. Do we have any cryptocurrencies upcoming in the next couple of quarters, guys? Uh, No, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, (laughs) my favorite. uh, You're right, Ben. By the way, anyone who has sufficient enough reach could do this right and that's why it's been looked at so toughly at people like elon musk and you know mr mcafee uh because they've got they've got that reach interest and money and they just go hey hey, check it out and then they make a ton of money when they what if things could
2: have got on snl
1: (laughs) 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 guys did you know Faze has an atlanta clan Mm-hmm. Or does they, it really uh, a sub clan yes and they are badasses at call of duty so to tell me more about this this situation like how many people are we
0: talking when i hear phase clan again i think of like a rap group and there's like 10 guys total but this is a very no, large a organization little yeah, but, subgroups kind of okay because
1: okay so the it, i forgive me phase clan fellow people who out there if you're listening but my understanding is that the atlanta group is only like three to five maybe four people and they they specialize in Call of Duty. So they they live and die Call of Duty all day long. They win tournaments playing Call of Duty. There's, oh gosh, I remember seeing something about them winning. They won something pretty recently. I remember hearing about this. Mm-hmm. But then there are others that just play, um, Lord, I'm, I'm blanking on all the other things, like FIFA, some people... Fortnite uh, only people? play PUBG yeah, or Fortnite or those kind of things. But then you'll have smaller crews who just do that. Some people are just content creators who are members of FaZe Clan. So uh, influencers. Not that the pro gamers aren't probably influencers in their own right. Some people are or more the video creators, and that's what they specialize in. Sure. Um, but hey, if you're out there, Atlanta, Phase, hit us up. I'd, I'd love to chat with somebody about what that's like to live your life right now, being a pro gamer.
2: Or a awesome. competitive eater. I'm just going to throw yes. that out. If, <laughs> you, if you know Sonia the Black Widow Thomas, or you know Kobayashi, or if you listen to the show and you're one of those people, or if you've just been Nate's hot dog contest.
1: Dude, there, Atlanta, Atlanta phase eats noobs like like Black Widow eats
2: Nathan's hot dogs. 37, <laughs> 12 minutes. The stats. of getting us derailed. Especially. No, no, we're 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 there,
0: guys. I mean, there just just to, to sew it up. Phase Clan, you know, proper issued a statement. Um, we have made the decision to remove K from Phase Clan and have suspended Jarvis, Nikan, and Tico until further notice. Phase Clan has absolutely no involvement with our members' activity in the cryptocurrency space, and we strongly condemn their recent behavior. The trust and respect of our fans has been and will always be our number one priority. So uh, there you go, and and just again, just so you understand fully, I think we made this, said this along the way, but I mean this this project, this token, it absolutely crumbled, right? Um, It started off, and and this is like very similar to to like Doge, right? These are fractions of uh, a couple of cents, right, per share. That's why that's what we're talking about, dealing in volumes of millions. And I think at the end of the day, uh, Phase K made around thirty grand. American off of this deal, uh, probably not worth <laughs> all of the he's having to eat now, um, I would argue. And uh, so it, it started off at an all time high of point zero zero forty four on June 10th. And then after that sell off, it absolutely tanked the token and went down to point zero zero eleven And at the time of this piece in CryptoSlate.com by Liam Frost, it was worth .0013. So essentially uh, worthless.
2: And it's an ongoing story. So there are going to be more updates to follow, not just on the saga of FaZe Clan, but on the ethics of crypto in general. Uh, We're also going to learn more about ads in our dreams. And who knows, at some point, a doctor near you may prescribe magic mushrooms, which I, I, I said at some point. Again, we're not legally saying do that, uh, but we want we want to hear from you folks uh, because we're touching on some personal things. We're touching on some ongoing things. This show, as we always say, does not happen without you, and we cannot wait to hear You chime in on the conversation. We try to make it easy to find us online. That's right. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and
0: YouTube at Conspiracy Stuff. You can find us on Instagram at Conspiracy
1: Stuff Show. You can find. Our phone number. As Ben mentioned earlier, it is 1-83-STDWYTK. You can leave us a message if you wish. We would love to hear from you. Please let us know what you'd like for us to refer to you as and whether or not we can use your message on the air. Um, That's really all you you need Mm -hmm. to know. You have three minutes, so use that time wisely. If you want to say more than you think can fit into that three minutes, we highly recommend you use our good
2: old-fashioned email address. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com.
1: Live Nation presents Concert Week from now through May 14th. Get twenty five dollar tickets to over five thousand summer shows.
2: That's up to seventy five percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like Twenty One Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainor, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum Forty
0: One, and many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just twenty. $25 each.
1: Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's Livenation.comslash
0: concertweek to buy now.
5: I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
0: your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true
1: crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.